Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek Him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything is possible for one who believes. Welcome to Faith Matters. Okay, we are going to do something a little bit different here. Here is the book, Miss Andy. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go ahead and let you folks look at our logo here for just a minute. Hail Multimedia. Been in business for 25 years, building websites for all kinds of different projects. And our newest client, we, we've acquired seven, six or seven new clients in the last week. Yeah, we but, have. Uh, the latest one is pretty darn exciting when it comes to the music industry because we love independent artists and we love music and we love building apps. And we wanted to build an app for a long time for a friend and a, my brother-in-law. And so we finally have the opportunity now to do so because his, his uh, partnership, his music group has now begun, began their, la- their launch. <laughs> so exciting, I can't talk. They've begun their launch for their new independent artist music app, the Aberrant Music Group. Aberrant, doing things differently. I really like what they're doing, and I, and I love the fact that we were able to um, secure the contract to work with them because it's going to be a win-win for everybody. So... You'll hear a lot more about AMG Music Group, AMG Music Group. Also, you'll hear the words Aberrant, Aberrant Music Group, or Drusifer the Aberrant. Some of the music that we've played on here is from Drusifer the Aberrant. So anyway, it is about ready. It is about time to move into Faith Matters. And I'm just going to do a quick search here for this book so I can put a picture of it up on our screen for us. Tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. It is the... We're going to review a book. And that's not necessarily different from what we've done, but recently. Um, Recently we've given some testimonies and done a few different things. We've been on the road. And tonight we are going to get back to doing something more consistently, and that is we're going to review a book. So we're going to review the Book of Signs. So I'm just going to go ahead and pull it up here, and it's by Dr. David Jeremiah, okay? And David Jeremiah is a pastor, been around for a long time. Uh, He was, uh, let's see, I think he said he was seven in 1948, so he was born in about 1941. Uh, Fantastic pastor, written multiple books, preached around the world to millions of people. So we love Dr. David Jeremiah. He is a New York Times best-selling author, and we picked up the book, The Book of Signs, because there have been a lot of people talking about the signs and wonders of the end of times. You know, they've been talking about the end of times. Are we living in the end of times? 
Well, what do you think? Do you think we're living in the end of times, Miss Andy? I don't know. I think we're always a day closer every day. Mm. So that's that's the one thing I can say. <laughs> <laughs> well, any man who tries to predict it is going to be wrong, right? Exactly. That's what they always say. And yep. so I'm going to go ahead and just pull up the picture, see if... No, that's not a big enough one. I'd really like to get a... Uh, picture going up on the screen here so you can see it. I'll do that while you... Oh, you want me to read while you're doing that? Okay, fine. I can do that. There you go. Is that big enough? Oh, that might not be big enough, but we can scroll it up. Very good. Hold down control and hit scroll up. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, good. Now let's go ahead and put that on the screen. So we have browser full screen, book of signs, faded on over there. Yeah. All right. That's the book right there you see on the screen now. Yep. Okay. So, uh, you know, we can't read the book directly to you, but what we're going to do for the next 31 weeks is take a look at each one of the chapters in this because it is broken down in 31 chapters and it... It uh, five different sections with those 31 chapters. So in this first section, this first part one, will have five chapters. Mm-hmm. And uh, so well, I guess what we'll do is we'll quickly just go over the table of contents on some of the things we're going to go over. We'll go over the basic idea of the book, what it is, and then we'll go ahead and cover the first chapter. So... Should we have us up on the screen? People always want to see us. Yeah, I suppose, huh? Okay. I'll get back up there. (laughs) Here we go. That's not us. Camera. Right there. Right there. Camera's on. Boom, 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 boom. It's not moving. Camera is not moving. Boom, 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 boom. There we are. Ooh. (laughs) <laughs> That's not gonna. It's not going to work. Okay, so Andy, as I adjust that, would yeah. you please go over the five major sections sure. of this book that will encompass those thirty-one chapters? Yes. So Dr. David Jeremiah breaks this up into several different parts, and so he's going to talk about international signs, and then cultural signs. And then in part three, it'll be heavenly signs. Part four, tribulation signs. And then part five will be end signs. So the first set is international signs. And he talks about five different um, nations Mm -hmm. that um, are pertinent to... um, End of times signs. Okay, so the whole book then is about apop- apocalyptic signs. Right. What we need to watch apocalypse. out for. Okay. Right. For the end times. Now, and God wants us to watch out, you know, be prepared. And he wants us to watch um, for his return. But he wants us to be doing the job he's called us to do until then. And just be anticipating Yeah, and he wants us, uh, what I read in here, and I think we're going to cover this part, is he wants us to be wise about that, not just uh, be falling for false teachers. 
Right. Because there are a lot of false teachers out there. And we don't want to just think, oh, it's the end of times. I've got to do this and then do something crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it's really yeah. important to understand that. that yeah, so he says in here, why should we study the signs? Mm-hmm. Well, there are over 1,800 prophecies in God's word concerning the first and second coming of Christ. Exactly. That's what I was thinking. 1,800 when... prophecies. Right. That's... Uh... Prophecy is important to God, and he desires for us to understand his plans. Mm-hmm. So, that's why we want to watch for the signs. So, um, what are the signs? What does he mean by signs? It can be an event, symbol, object, place, or person that indicates something important in God's plan for history. Yeah, so we're not really completely into signs because, you know, there are some people out there that might be thinking, well, hold on, these guys are going off on the edge here. That's not, uh, that's not biblical. Well, first of all, we try to stay completely grounded. And Dr. David Jeremiah is pretty grounded. Yeah. But are we looking for signs and changing our life and and uh, following, say, the astrology and stuff like that? No, not that kind of signs. Uh, we're not sitting around waiting for signs, that kind of thing. Okay, so this study, I just want to make it clear is by a very, very veteran and vested and solid preacher. Uh, So we're not trying to scare anyone. Uh, However, like uh, Jesus warns us, God warns us many times, we must be ready at all times for that moment, like a thief in the night when Jesus comes back and there's a trumpet sounding in the sky and it's time to go. And if your decision hasn't been made by then, it's too late. So every night for the next 31 weeks, we're going to go over some of the highlights of each of these chapters. But at the end, make sure you remind me. (laughs) (laughs) Because everything goes so fast around here. (laughs) Everything goes so fast. We want to make sure that we offer you the plan of salvation at the end of every one of these chapters each for the next 31 weeks. Because today is the day. Right. And it's never too late, and it's never too early. It's time is now. Right. So um, the signs are, like Andy said, events, symbols, objects, places, or persons that are important in God's history. But Jesus told us to keep our eyes open so we're not fooled by the signs of indicating the times are near. As we get closer to that time, we know that many will claim to be the Messiah and to have answers to the world, uh, the cure. (laughs) <laughs> or the answer right. will come from many places. But don't, uh, don't be uh, anticipating that and changing your life. Simply know your Lord and Savior, and then you are secure. And I think that's basically what Dr. David Jeremiah says in a quote here at the end of his prologue. He says, this is a quote, The end times may be near, but as Christians, our future is secure. Indeed, we live in a chaotic world, but we can be confident and at peace because God is the author of history and because the return of the Prince of Peace 
may be closer than we think. That's an exciting thought. It is. And it's exciting to know that he wrote this in 2018. 19. 19. Finished yeah. it off in the last, yeah, 19. Yeah. Before everything hit the fan. Right. Right. So. So our first section is on nations, the international signs. So there are five nations in particular that emerge through um, the Bible. And the first one, of course, is Israel. Because mm-hmm. Israel is the home of the Jews, which are God's people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, also, Europe is considered, um, in, is mentioned in, in the Bible in a way because it's talking about the world power and the supreme leader um, coming out of Europe, the European area. Ezekiel speaks of a day when Russia will lead an alliance of nations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Russia is going to be one of them. And then the tr- during the tribulation period, it's mentioned about Babylon. So Babylon's going to be another Babylon. one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. what America isn't clearly mentioned, but um, we will play a role in several ways in the end times. So those are the five nations. So the first one is Israel. So tonight we're going to talk about Israel. Wow. And May 14th, 1948 was that date I was talking about when I said the author, David Jeremiah was just a few years old. But let me continue here, and I'll tell you in just a second. Let me turn the page. I think I have that right here. He was just a few years old, like seven years old when this happened. So let me go through this. May 14th, 1948 was a pivotal day in human history, writes the author. Why was that? Well, on that afternoon, there was a Jewish leader... Now, I don't remember him. Uh-uh. David Ben-Gurion was the leader, and he was rushing down, ironically, Rothschild Boulevard mm. in Tel Aviv, <laughs> <laughs> and he stopped at the museum. And it was uh, 4 o'clock there, and inside everybody was getting together because he was about ready to speak. And exactly four o'clock, he started to speak. And this was an important day because that was the day the Jewish state gained independence and was recognized. And 6,000 miles away, it was President Truman who sat in Washington in the Oval Office reading the statement. And he signed his approval and noted the time to be 6.10 p.m. And it was the first country to officially recognize Israel as an independent state. Right. So why is that important? Because this um, was all talked about in the prophecies in the Bible. Um, where is it? Yeah, that was... 40 years. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I was... Uh, I didn't highlight that part for you. Right. But yeah, I was going to let you know that, uh, and I, I think I highlighted it a little bit farther in the chapter here, and that was Dr. Jeremiah's statement about, of all of these 31 signs, of all of the entire book that he's written here, that is the most obvious and most important thing that happened in his lifetime, he said. Mm-hmm. That is one of the sure signs that the Jewish people will be given their own statehood. So 
It was 740 years, like you said, before the birth of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, Who has such, heard such a thing? Who has seen such things? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? In Isaiah 66, 8. Secular Israel was born that day. Right. And so he asks a series of questions about why is this tiny nation with a population of eight and a half million such a geopolitical center? Why is this little country, a a total land space smaller than New Jersey, mentioned in the nightly news more than any other nation? So what he then continues is to talk about the Abrahamic covenant. Yeah. What does Abrahamic covenant mean? That's um, the covenant God made with Abraham. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before we get to that, I liked his statement over here. He said, to find the answers, we don't turn to the news, we turn to the Bible. So, right. in the Bible, this is the Abrahamic covenant from the Bible. There are four parts of it, right? First thing, God promised four things to Abraham. He promised to bless him. Right. Yeah, he blessed him. Okay, we don't need to like go long on a lot of these things because there's a lot of points. We know he blessed him with uh, lavish things for thousands of years. Uh, many people have revered him. As, as a great, great leader. Second, God promised to bring out of Abraham a great nation. Indeed, he did. Right. Third, he promised to make Abraham a blessing to many. Uh, so just think of what the world would be missing had it not been for the Jews. Right. Without the Jews, we would have no Bible. Without the Jews, there would be no Ten Commandments. The basis of jurisprudence among all civilized nations of the world. Yep. So yeah, that's, that one's good. Fourth, God promised to bless those who blessed Israel and curse those who curse her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I gather one thing out of this one. We better stay on Israel's side. Yeah. And that's what it says, right? So, Genesis 12, 1 through 3 is where all those promises are, are made, by the way. Oh, of course. Everything yes. is biblical. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is an unconditional covenant. Right. Mm-hmm. So, it's unconditional because in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, God declared in emphatic terms. Emphatic? Emphatic. Emphatically. He was serious. He was serious. Emphatically. That's right. That what he was going to do for Abraham, but there was no, um, re- you know, nothing he had to do. Nothing that Abraham had to do. So it was all God's direction. Um, his covenant with Abraham was unconditional. No provision was made for his covenant to be revoked either. So God said he was going to do it. He was going to do it regardless of what Abraham did. Right. Right. So that's unconditional. <clears throat> this book is really comprehensive on each one of these things. There are so many things about Israel that I didn't know in this. This gets really deep, honey. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if we're going to have time to go through what each one of them means because there are so many subheadings here on all the covenants and then we have a summary on it too. Right. Should we just mention them? Yes. That was, of course, a good explanation there of the unconditional. So we're starting off with Abrahamic is the big covenant. Right. It was an unconditional covenant. Right. It was a personal covenant. Yes. Okay. That's pretty obvious that these promises directly to him. Yep, he made in Abraham's name, so of course it was personal. Mm-hmm. It was a national covenant. Right, because he made him a nation. Mm-hmm. 
It was a territorial covenant. Okay, this this I learned something on. Mm-hmm. Okay, this was actually a cool spot because the land promised to Abraham and his descendants was described with clear boundaries. Mm-hmm. And the boundaries of Israel right now are not the boundaries of the Bible. Right, that's true. And the boundaries that he promised Abraham, even in the height of Israel in the ancient times, mm-hmm. didn't have the whole package. Mm-hmm. So Israel has never taken the whole geographical boundary mm-hmm. as a nation. I think I somehow felt that or knew that. or But, but that was I, something enlightening that, to that me. That really, yeah, brings that home. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, so the territorial covenant cool. is a big one. So until they have, um, yeah, turn the page and let's see, um, where is it? Um, if Israel were currently occupying all the land God gave to them, they would control <laughs> all the holdings of Israel, Lebanon, West Bank of Jordan, and substantial portions of Syria, Iraq, and Saudi. Whoa! That's a big chunk of land. Oh my gosh. You know, so until they have all of that, Jordan and Syria, right? I know. Saudi, I know. That's that was what was so surprising to me is that they've never owned all the land God promised, and when God promises something, it will happen. Whoa! So whoa! Oh wow! That was a big one. Okay. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Israel's going to have all that territory. Before Jesus comes. Dude. Okay, this is going to be a good book. All right. <laughs> All right, we got a, a reciprocal covenant. Yes. One of the most notable examples of God's vengeance against an enemy of Israel was the annihilation of the Midianites who joined with Moab in the, trying to stop Israel. Yes. Babylon, the empire that destroyed Jerusalem and deported the Jews from their homeland, was soundly defeated 70 years later by the Persians. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So God promised protection to the nation, and he delivered. But he also will bring his wrath. Mm-hmm. It's reciprocal. Yes. A universal covenant. Here we reach the overreaching reason for all the promises we have studied in God's covenant with Abraham. Quote, in all, excuse me, quote, in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Mm-hmm. Genesis 12, 3. This is the root of God's promise to Abraham and his purpose in creating a new people for himself. It was universal. Mm-hmm. And it was an eternal covenant. Yes, God's promise to Abraham came in three stages. It was initiated in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, right. formalized in Genesis 15, 1 through 12, and then amplified in Genesis 17, 1 through 18, 21. Oh, yeah, the whole chapter through A 18, whole, 21. Yeah, yep, two, almost two full chapters. Yep, all right. right, yes, and it was eternal, and boy, and, and Abraham had to be faithful in the end there. Right. And that's why they call him the father of... Faith, right? Right. So, what is the reason? Why did God choose Israel? Right. You know, that's yeah. a funny little nation, tiny little thing. Uh, it's not really significant in any other way. What What was the reason? 
Well, my in my own worldly view, I think God uses weak to show his glory. Yes. Very good. Because they've never been the big um, powerhouses, really. They've done some incredible things, though. Right. But the Bible tells us that his choice of Israel had nothing to do with merit. It was not because Israel was more numerous than people in the other world. Mm -mm. It was the least. Right. It was not because Israel was more sensitive to God than other nations. Israel did not know him. It was not because Israel was more righteous than other nations. Remember what God said? He called them a rebellious, stiff-necked people. <laughs> Little stiff-necked people. In Deuteronomy 9, 6 and 7. Then why did God choose the Jews? <laughs> because it was his sovereign purpose to do so. Because he's God. That's it. Sovereign means he's in charge. Right. So it was God's reason, so we just... Yep. Be cool with that. Yep. So the return of God to Israel. When is that going to happen? Pastor Jeremiah wrote here that during his years as a pastor, he had been asked many times whether he believes that Israel's return to its land fulfills all the biblical prophecies concerning its future. What the people are really asking is, now that Israel is restored to its land, is this the end? Many assume it is, but I have to tell them, no. What is happening in Israel today is primarily the result of secular Zionist movement where Ezekiel wrote about a spiritual return of God's people. Mm -hmm. So this is not even close to the return of the people to Israel that is mentioned in the Bible. Right. So no, 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 no. So he says there are still two pivotal prophecies concerning Israel that have not yet been fulfilled. Israel does not yet occupy all the land originally promised, like I was pointing out before. Mm -hmm. And its people have not yet turned to Christ. Mm -mm. There are some Messianic Jews, Mm -hmm. but the Jewish population as a whole have not turned to Christ. So it doesn't do that but it does give us assurance that full restoration is on the horizon right and the prophecies concerning israel's return that god promised shall be fulfilled because god's promises never go unfulfilled right never get broken right so what does all this mean you asked that earlier yeah what does all this mean to us well we've shown why it's important for our nation to continue to support Israel. Right. We want to continue to support Israel. We uh, can't not. Well, that's the one. Because it said why? Nations that befriend, befriend Israel will be blessed. And those uh, we don't, don't? We don't want to be cursed. We don't want to be cursed. Uh-uh. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yep. That historic day in 1948 when Israel was reestablished as a nation was described as, quote, the most spectacular event in nearly two millennia of Jewish history. When President Truman read that statement, and the U.S. officially became the first nation to recognize the birth of the modern state of Israel, the 2,500-year-old prophecy of the Bible was at last fulfilled. At least that part of it. But the rest of the story... When Chief Rabbi of Israel, Isaac Herzog, called the White House, he told Truman, God put you in your mother's room 
so that you would be the instrument to bring about the rebirth of Israel after 2,000 years. One of Truman's men reported that when he looked at Truman after the rabbi's statement, tears were running down his cheeks. Right, and that was right. It was Dr. David Jeremiah who was just seven years old on that day in 1948. And he said he believes the restoration of the Jewish people to their land is the most important prophetic sign in his lifetime. More than any other sign in this book, he says it answers the question, is this the end? But an even greater prophetic fulfillment awaits an unknown future day. The return of the Jewish Messiah to the Jewish people. Hmm. So Won't that be a day? It ain't over until they believe that. Right. So we've got work to do, people. And all that (laughs) land is back. So keep supporting Israel. Keep supporting Israel. Wait for them to expand that land. And for all the people to bow down and accept the new coming, the second coming of the Jewish Messiah to Mm -hmm. the people. Well, and it, it, um, you know, Truman was the first one to... Uh, acknowledge the nation. Mm-hmm. Well, Trump actually solidified that relationship right. too. Right. So that was really in uh, heartening to you know that was that was good to see in our that, lifetime. In our lifetime, what, you know, in our lifetime, right. we've seen uh, some good things happen over there. So there are a lot of confusing signs on this whole prophecy and this whole Armageddon and apocalypse and end of times and end of the world and the book of signs and all this stuff, okay? There are a lot of questions. And we still have questions too. That's why we're going through this book, the book by Dr. David Jeremiah. We figure we can get some pretty solid information out of him through this book. We don't intend to infringe any copyrights, just simply share godly information with our listeners. So, the most important thing is, do you personally know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Because when all this is over, that's the only thing. That's the only thing that matters. That's it. Yep, nothing else. Nothing else matters. We have that simple, uh, simple little formula. ABCs. The ABCs. She's a teacher. Well, we're both <laughs> teachers. We love teaching. But ABCs are too easy. You don't even have to you don't even have to memorize anything. Super, right. Super so easy. the first thing you need to do is you need to admit. Admit you are a sinner. I'm a sinner. I'm a sinner. Everybody's a sinner and if the let's just start back at the beginning on the basis if you believe the Bible is true, all this stuff is based on the Bible. Not what we think, but what the Bible says, which right. was inspired word of God written by men who were inspired by the Lord directly. So admit that we are sinners simply is admitting that you believe the Bible is true when it says in Romans that we are all sinners and fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and B? B is believe. What do we need to believe? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that he came to earth as a baby he rose he died on the cross and he rose again for our sins he paid our price Mm -hmm. which is death death on an evil cross we deserve death we deserve Mm -hmm. that death and it was a virgin birth which is no other child has been born that way ever right 
And he lived a perfect life, which no one ever has other than Jesus. And he rose from the dead, which no other deity has ever done in any other religion. Right. And he's alive. He's the man. <laughs> he's the man. You believe that? I believe That's that. That's the B. I believe it. I believe it. He yep. rose from the dead and appeared to 500 people, and then he just went off into the right hand of God, and we have all seen miracles. And we he's building the house signs. for us. Yeah, it's a big, big house. <laughs> lots and lots of rooms. That's right. <laughs> oh. right. So, C. C, confess. Confess. Confess that you believe. Oh, well, we... Tell somebody. Admit Tell we somebody believe. else. Right. So, a lot of people think, confess, isn't that what I do? I go to confessional, go to the priest and confess, do my confessional. That's actually the admit part. You mm-hmm. admit you're a sinner. Okay, yeah. cool. You say, oh, I did this, I did this, I did this. And yes, you should lay it out right there. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. But C is really more of a C for celebrate or confess to the world. Right. That you now have a new life, that you are an, was you were once dead in sin, and now you're alive in Christ. And Christ is in you. You live in Christ. It's an amazing difference when you have that brand new being. That's a simple ABC. hope. It's yeah. hope. Without hope, we have nothing. Right. So, ABCs, admit, believe, confess. And confess, to many people, that means baptism. And it should mm-hmm. mean that to you. Baptism is after you have been saved. Baptism doesn't save you. You are saved the moment you confess your sins and believe that, you, that Jesus died on the cross and rose on the third day. Right. And that he has forgiven you for your sins eternally. So, when you make that acceptance, that belief, you're saved. Yep. The baptism part is the confession part. Let's tell the world. Let's tell the world that Jesus saves. Jesus changed my life. Confess to the world that he is Lord and Savior. And so baptism is a public confession of faith by the Holy Spirit. Yep. You don't have to pray any fancy prayer. You don't have to memorize what we just told you. The simple concepts are there. Admit, believe, confess. Right. Admit, Although believe, God does like to hear from you, so prayer is not a bad thing. No. <laughs> but it doesn't have to be anything special. It's right. just talking to a friend. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no fancy prayer, but it <laughs> right. does need to be some sort of a prayer. Just take a moment and give him the focus of your life. Focus completely on him like he's the most important thing in the world because he is. But do it just for a moment and tell him those things. Admit, believe, confess. Thank you, Lord. And you are (laughs) saved. It says in the Bible, anyone that does that shall be saved. Yes. So we're going to go ahead and close out. Faith matters tonight? Yeah. Faith matters because without faith, nothing else matters. And in the end, we all die. We all somehow share in that one simple aspect. We will all die. Unless the rapture comes, which is like chapter 18 or something. But uh, <laughs> we all die, and the only thing we will all, each each and every one of us will have left, is the question of where will you spend eternity? Yeah. What where will, will we end up? 
What will happen after that? I know where I'm going. And with that assurance and that peace, there's no worry about death. Right. Oh, death, where is your sting? Let's close it out. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We thank you so much for this time together. Lord, we thank you for this radio program. We thank you for your salvation. Lord, we thank you for the ability to pray for our friends who just witnessed that uh, easy way to access you. And that was simply to admit, believe, and confess. And Lord, we pray for those friends that salvation for them is today. Yes. Today is the day of salvation. Lord, we thank you for this message that any that might hear it in the future and hear that and realize that they too can bow down to you and give their life to you and have a new life. Mm-hmm. Lord, we love you so much. We thank you for this program. We thank you for Faith Matters and for digging deeper and for the ability to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And we'll go ahead and close out then with our program. We're going to end it there. Good night, everybody. And God bless. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Then the God of peace will be with you.